one of the defining things about the Jungamandian that you teach is that we focus our attention between the eyebrows. Um, it seems to have a very powerful effect of kind of shutting off the other thoughts, extraneous thoughts, minimizing those, and also keeping our attention from wandering off onto those thoughts. Exactly what is it about focusing between the eyebrows that has um, such a powerful effect? One is the eyeballs. Eyes are one of the most strongest sensory organs. If you can fix the eyeballs steadily into one place, not allowing it to move, as it is generally keeps moving parallelly, then it can strongly withhold the mind also there. That's what the watching means. You watch through the eyes and then eventually you realize you are watching yourself. You are not actually watching anything through the eyes or not even the eyes or no object. That's why no anchor is given. So straight, like this, you go to yourself. So if only one can understand the technique, just fix it and just focus, then the distance can merge into the single-pointedness. Just like sometimes I have explained, in some drawings when they have drawn the road, uh, it's wide in the beginning this side, by the time it comes to the other end, it becomes closer and it comes to one single pointed. So that's how the drawing is done for a road. So in the same way, though eyeballs are two, slowly as it comes to one place, then it gives that oneness to the mind and that mind stays here powerfully and it can get rid of all other thoughts and visions and it can get rid of its own habit of uh, keep uh, thinking and visualizing. That's how it achieves this, just the watching. And eventually you'll realize that you are watching yourself because there is nothing else is there. People tend to think it as blank sometimes, as black, as anything, such thing, nothing. That's why at that place I try to recommend you are watching the consciousness of existence. That is your real self. Um, so in the beginning, uh, you actually focus your eyeballs between the eyebrows, but then that can dissolve into kind of this mind's eye where you're just seeing, but without the eyes, that the face and the eyes all disappear, but you're still seeing. Um, that mind's, that uh, mental space or that mind's eye, that's just a more refined, more pure form of awareness. Yeah. So that's like the word I use, consciousness of existence. That's what the awareness you are talking. That's actually awareness. You gain that awareness because it has, uh, mind would have regained its pure form of consciousness and is simply aware. It gets into that awareness. But uh, in the past, did you say that the consciousness of existence 
to to have that you had to have a body or a mind in a mind yeah until that stage the body is necessary using the body so only you start meditating the start the things and you experience that you exist also still until this point also there is a little bit of separation is there that's why you are able to experience that awareness an existence but eventually you transcend even that consciousness yeah. existence this also when the merger happens everything disappears all attributions experiences definitions everything disappears simply so the i vanishes the 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 illusion of being a separate individual person vanishes disappear vanishes so that was always an illusion we never were a individual yeah, individual that's how you realize that, that was simply an illusion which never existed it was only in the imagination due to imagination it had manifested itself into a solid position which actually did not exist ever so it's like pure consciousness manifested an object and then got lost in the object it, yeah. and then it rediscovered itself and finished the illusion was finished so after this experience only a yogi learns that the entire universe also disappears dissolves into the space when you reach that consciousness merge with that ultimate consciousness which has created this universe hmm. okay uh baba just back to the uh original question about the technique you know on the meditation app there's a, a couple different versions of your instruction the one we played earlier this morning you specifically said focus your eyeballs between the eyebrows you don't always say that but that's a very specific thing to for your eyes you'd have to cross your eyes have to cross to do that yeah trying to elaborately explain when i say concentrate your mind and sight sight means fix your eyeballs there bring both the eyeballs together that's what i mean sight means here so then you fix it and then you will see the wonders that will happen but could you do the same thing so if you there's a point where if you try to hold on to that thought of eyeballs that you kind of thwart the meditation from going deeper there's a point where that kind of that idea of eyeballs and eyeballs and face oh you have to kind of let, gradually let go as the awareness starts expanding and then just be the watcher yeah because when you fix the eyeballs you must not go on thinking that you have fixed the eyeballs you are watching through the eyeballs these both vanishes there so though you are watching it in the beginning it appears to be you are watching through the eyes but actually you are watching yourself so because all other thoughts is washed off when it dissolves then its attention turns introvert towards itself it is mm-hmm. not extrovert outside as uh, compared to the beginning in the beginning its attention is on to the outside outside the eyeballs so that's when mm-hmm. through the eyeball then it by then it would have come inside the eyeball and its attention has gone into itself 
thus creating the awareness of the self. Now holding okay. on to that for long time is what meditation and tapas eventually, which will make it thorough and perfect and naturally remaining like that, contented. Okay, Baba, thank okay, you. Baba, thank you. So my question really is about not when we're meditating, but how to truly practice and, and go to that place of remembering the consciousness of existence. So I'm going to share with you my daily walks, and I want to give you three different things that I'm seeing, and I want you to clarify something for me, because I don't want to be going into my imagination. Mm -hmm. I want to be doing the right practice of how to be in beingness. And I'm assuming that consciousness of existence, I'm kind of calling as also being, to just be. So when I'm walking, there is one level of being in the now moment. I'm present, but it's more outward. I, I see a tree. I, I see the trail. I see, you know, the grass. I'm not letting my mind go, you know, go into thoughts. I'm right in the now moment, but that feels very outer to me. Then there's a, there's a way of just watching without naming and I'm just walking and being watching without naming, but it feels very diffused. It's like, I'm there, I'm in silence as much as I can be. I can come back to just watching and walking. But, but I've been noticing there's a, another thing that's been happening where I become aware of the awareness of the watcher. There's just, it's, it's not like I'm saying it's me, oh, I'm watching, but it feels like it's a little bit more concentrated that I'm aware of awareness of watching. And I'm still just watching without words as much as possible. So my question is, is there really a difference between walking and watching without words, kind of just being as much as possible or shifting and being a little bit more aware of the being aware of the watching. Am I imagining this? And is this the wrong path? In all this, one important thing is the mind doesn't jump into any type of imagination. Means it enjoys the stillness of the surroundings also. All the surroundings, trees, or even the leaves, even the wind, nothing appears to be moving. When that stage comes, that means your mind is now quiet and is just into itself, that is the consciousness of existence. Till then, it tries to imagine, oh, a wind is blowing, tree has leaves, leaves are moving, something like that is always tries to come back. If that is not coming, then there is stillness, there is the watching of the inner consciousness of existence. That is what is happening. That's what has to happen. If that is happening to you, that is wonderful. <coughs> if you are not experiencing any movement of the universe surroundings, everything mm. must appear still. So then there is no further imagination. It is all dissolved. And at that moment, you are able to enjoy the stillness. Then that blissfulness comes. 
Well, I'm not to that point yet, <laughs> but, um, but there is a silence. There is a watching. So Baba, please give us, please give us something like a technique of, you know, is it just that we, um, like you're saying, should we just walk in our daily lives to how to remember the consciousness of existence so that we can practice it? Is it just coming back to silence and just, is there any imagining that we're one with the existence? Yeah, you see, if you watch the mind, mind has a tendency just to imagine even a little bit thing it sees. If it sees the tree or if it gets to see anything, the day that you see the tree but your mind doesn't say it is a tree, then you are there. That is the technique. So that's what you have to practice. You see a tree is no problem, but you try not to imagine it as a tree. Simply that oneness, try to see the space there. The space is holding and that is there. So then it becomes still. So then that consciousness of existence, it comes up, that file comes up giving back all other things. It is on the path to dissolving, so disappearing. So that is what is needed, that's what you have to do while walking. Try to remember the consciousness of existence. That is the wondrous stuff, wonder thing. Nothing else is as wonder as that it is. Not even a beautiful mountain, not even the Swiss Alps, not even the trees, not even the gardens, nothing is so wonderful. One day when that happens, that has to happen. So you have to remember that consciousness of existence. Even while walking, even if your eyes are open, so you should be able to do that one. That is the technique. So, so just to be clear, so it's not about what, being aware of kind of witnessing, it's just being silent and being in the oneness. Is that what you would say from at yes. this point to do oneness and silence? Just keep going there, going there, going yeah. there, going there. Yes. And this is what actually to be a witness means. What you just now said is what the actual witness. Witness means you might be witnessing an existence outside like a tree or a garden or a door, anything, but you are not imagining what it is. So then you are into the awareness. Okay, Baba, thank you so much. Uh, today I am, I am with my sister Maria and she doesn't know English, but if you can give her some advice to, to be, to go in, in the spiritual path, in the spiritual way, and your blessings to, to her to, to be able to do it. Yeah, I uh, convey my blessings to her. Also, to go on the spiritual path, it's a basic uh, subject we have to take up is the mind. Because the mind is continuously into its own imaginations, uh, which uh, gets converted into cravings, which gives rise to happiness, unhappiness, good and bad, all types of dualities, uh, sucking one into the world, making one to lose the real supreme peace. One is looking for peace and happiness. So you have to get rid of these dualities by practicing meditation, 
the technique as we teach is thus you sit into any comfortable posture and gently closing the eyes concentrate your mind and sight in between eyebrows by fixing the eyeballs concentration of sight means and just keep watching there do not imagine any mantra do not repeat and do not imagine any definition about the thoughts whether it is good or bad right or wrong whether it is there or not there whether it is blank or filled white or black nothing just watch so you explain to her these basic points then it will help her to know her real self that she is beyond the birth and death of the physical body she is that immortal soul that eternal entity that infinite form one day she will be able to realize if she goes on practicing like this and she will realize that she is an eternal entity not the birth or death entity thank you pranam babuji so my question is uh, if i go and meditate more than the prescribed one hour and i try to do more sadhana i feel like a disinterest in everything else so how to differentiate between vairagya which is genuine and tamas vairagya is the alertness that everything is impermanent including your own physical body and the entire universe everything may have its own time the human body may have 80 years 100 years or so a mountain may have its own time earth has its own time like that it is impermanent so by remembering this you get the vairagya and understanding that you cannot depend on any of this for a permanent happiness see you have to visualize and understand a permanent happiness means once a happiness comes then you must be able to relax it's not going to go away but if you are not like that then the happiness comes then you are worried oh nobody should snatch this happiness i don't want any unhappiness you become anxious about that one like that dualities are there so to get rid of this duality this vairagya understanding is what the important thing which will help you to overcome the tamas also tamas is the understanding of the things that are in front of us that it is impermanent we must try to look which one is important and permanent uh so vairagya means non attachment yes okay namaste baba ji i just had um, same question as i guess yeah actually so you've already discussed quite a bit on it but i also wanted some clarity um could i say so first of all what is the difference between watching and concentration is it the same you concentrate your mind and sight and then watch followed by watching means concentrating here means you bring your eyeballs here and fix it there make it steadily stand there and with that you your mind through the eyes start watching until then you are trying to concentrate your mind and sight you got it once yeah. you have concentrated then you start watching 
so my problem is that even when I'm not meditating and I'm trying to concentrate on something, any, any task that I'm doing, my mind just runs in 10 different directions. And then I, I become aware that my concentration is not strong. And so I'm uh, like, I need to improve on my concentration. That's what so when, watching means here, I'll clarify. Yeah. You see, you, when you concentrate also, your mind runs, then you lose that concentration also. But after concentrating, suppose you concentrate on an object, on a book, on an almera, anything. So then you start watching there without so thinking. So can, can I practice an external object to concentrate and then go into watching? Or do yes. I have to close my eyes and concentrate? And concentrate For and a short while you can practice uh, watching the, to fix the concentration. So like uh, uh, any photo of any divinity, divine, that you love, you watch that for a while. Even as a young child, so I used to practice like that. After I met my guru, Shiva Balayogi, like I had fallen in love with him, I had a photo, and the, during night times when I had to go to bed, I used to just keep, uh, uh, fix my concentration on Swamiji's photo and then switch off the light. Then that used to sit on the mind, then I would be watching that and used to go to bed and sleep <laughs> like that. So like that you can practice any of the items. Okay, so I was thinking of concentrating on a candle maybe, but that's flickering a lot. And yeah, so I'm candle, finding that... Moving, candle moves. Yeah, but, but I'm finding the same problem when I'm closing my eyes and following your instructions, that even though I am watching, there are like clouds taking different shapes. Um, something is... Uh, even though I'm watching in the middle, uh, and there is no image as such. I'm seeing like clouds forming different shapes, you know, and that is also distracting me. I suggest so, uh, try to watch some photo that is dearer to you, a divine figure or whichever one is appealing to you. So that would be much better because that is a still. Photo is always a stillness. So that would be help helpful to you. So uh, earlier, uh, Victoria was talking about watcher, watcher watching and the watched, right? So it's Triputi. So can we say that the watcher and the watched disappears and only watching remains and that's what you find yourself to be? To be? Yes. One thing, oneness remains. Both seer and the seen disappears. disappears. So um, could we say that I find that consciousness of existence uh, gives me a feeling of uh, expansion of consciousness and awareness in the, in the sense that it becomes broader because existence is like everywhere. Yeah, uh, that's what you have to see. The oneness, it's same thing is everywhere. That's you will experience that the same self which is inside you is there in everything as everything also. So you visualize, you keep looking like that, that will be very helpful for you to go deeper in the meditation of silencing. Uh, okay, because I find that when I sit for half to 45 minutes like this, it's only like five minutes I really feel that inner joy. joy. Mm, that's it's a great. Five minutes is good enough to begin with, it's not a small thing. So eventually you will have the upper hand, one day you will see that 40 minutes you'll be able to feel that, only 10-15 minutes you get disturbed a little bit. 
So you will increase slowly. Okay. Thank you so much. I don't want to take up a space here. Bob, I just, uh, could you make a quick comment on something that Usha brought up? The seer seeing and the scene. You said that the seer and the scene disappear. So that means only the seeing is real. That scene that is real because when the seer disappears, nobody to identify the scene as seen. Mm -hmm. In another words, the droplet right. disappears, dissolves right. into the ocean, right. and there is no droplet to identify the ocean as ocean. That is how to say both droplet and ocean disappears. But ocean is going to be there, but not as ocean because nobody to recognize it as ocean. That's how the self, individual imagined self, merges with the self. Thank you, Baba. Okay, there we go. Namaskar, Babaji. Um, I want to go back again to Augustia. I think it's very interesting. I have the same things. Now, is there a difference between the third eye chakra and the space in which you would you would meditate? Because I do tend to find myself kind of sitting a little higher. Is that something I should remediate and come lower? Is What is the difference there? Is there a difference and is it important to make a distinction? No, actually, because chakra is only a symbolic word that is mentioned. No chakra exists. So this place like Agna Chakra is man, commanding circle, means if all the mind gathers here, so then you become the master of your mind. You are able to hold on to that for longer time, go into a tapas and make it to go introvert into samadhi. So that's what the brikuti or the third eye. There is no eye is there. When the mind comes there, that mind is now blossomed and purified as pure consciousness is the third eye. Because, you see, you have two physical eyes and the third eye is that you. You see through these two eyes. So that's how the third eye, third eye is being told. So generally, the ancient technique is to focus, uh, fix the eyeball and concentrate here. Then that eyesight dissolves. Only oneness you will see. That is the truth space in fact so, so if it's a little higher than smack dab in the middle it's not going to make a whole lot of difference as long as i'm finding my focus i'm finding the concentration and i'm finding the peace yes okay yeah so uh, thought usually has two components right one is the visual component and one is the uh, auditory component to any thought so uh, what i've seen is focusing and closing the eyes the visual component goes away, but the voice component uh, is still kind of active. So uh, does that same focusing take care of that eventually? Or is it, can we block our ears too to uh, <laughs> probably dampen the auditory component of thought? No, no need. The same meditation will take care of the silencing of the uh, auditory component also eventually. You just have to watch. You just do not analyze whatever you get to hear or a thought that comes. Just keep continue watching. That will also dissolve eventually. So, uh, Baba, when was uh, after how many months of uh, your tapas did you first 
uh, experience a state where uh, there was no thought uh, for in, for even a minute like how how, how many months did it take ah uh, no because before that uh, sitting for a five years of tapas i used to meditate for 6 to 7 hours for 20 years even if not every day like whenever my guru was there all the day we used to be working and serving running but when he used to go away from this ashram then many days after attending to my morning chores of the regular work of the ashram cleaning puja everything like i have told i used to make a few chapatis and go behind there were lot of bushes mango trees under a mango tree i used to sit down contemplate for some time and then try to meditate so that had given me lot of uh, peace and the stillness of the mind so during the five years i could experience the quietness of the mind thoughtlessness say eh? very soon but then when the concentration came and the journey towards samadhi was happening so then all the previous whatever remained in the consciousness had to come out so it all started coming out as a mental projection or as a manifested form like as manifested means as physical as this universe you get to see so that's how i experienced so at the end of the day when you are deep in meditation what would bring you out of it was it somebody else who had to tell you or your own mind no. is aware to that extent ah uh, generally my guru had taught that i used to keep a glass of water and i used to think once oh i have to drink this water so that used to bring me out of samadhi i got okay i got thank you hey babu ji thank you very much uh i've uh been told and i've heard many times to be silent uh but for some reason your words and your voice cut through so i'm forever uh, grateful to you for that thank you my question is and i think my last bowling pin is a a, a hook comes and uh it's the hook of the fear of poverty and it takes me on that that mystery tour i jump back into the brain and the and what start and then i can stop it Can you talk to my brain a little bit about being content and uh, gratefulness, please? Thank you so much. Yeah, when you go spiritual onto the with the spiritual journey, tremendous amount of courage. Like for example, when my master made me to sit for tapas, all the voice that I heard was, "Either you come out as a yogi from this room." or your dead body might must come out that means you must not abandon the technique the practice the method anything so that give me a lot of courage so either i will do it or if i am unable to do i will die till the last breath of life i will have the satisfaction that i have tried my best if i die so that gave me enormous amount of courage and uh, the confidence to go ahead not to worry for any vision any manifestation anything that happened so after all this might cause a death that's all so when you think like that when you are ready to die so that's what in childhood also we learn from a school teacher used to tell if anything happens in your life 
think that after all my head is going to be cut that's all after that nobody can trouble you until your head is there they can trouble you always threaten you do all these things so when you think about these things and gain that confidence and courage then you won't bother to look back you will go ahead let this kill me no problem i must be achieving my results wonderful thank you very much hello baba ji how are you <laughs> i'm good ah very good very good so one question is so this jangama dhyana is this more in line with the patanjali yoga sutra or is more like a advaita vedantic non dual meditation meditation how is you can call it a non duality meditation on the non duality on the oneness uh, patanjali has taught this method also this has uh-huh. used to be practiced in ancient india long long ago as one of the highest methods but the same technique was given to my master by jangama sage who appeared from a fruit so this is in line with that only silent silent watching and you in yeah. that process you silence the mind also yes yes one thing i am i am seeing that after following this is there is like a mental chatter that's going on in my mind the visual images i am not that much worried about i see something like a smoke kind of thing like a like a night vision let's say there is like army night vision glasses you'll see like a kind of a phosphorus uh, green color thing in the night vision right i see something like it but i'm not bothered about it but sometimes yeah. there is this mental chatter that comes which says hey i should be watching it i should be watching it i should be watching it that so, sometimes i let it go but then it comes back like sometimes i hear like a, a song that i heard like a shankaracharya's annapurna sastra that keeps playing in my mind i say i should not be hearing it i should be silent but it keeps hearing it so i should not worry about all that right i just keep watching no watch. problem no problem when it comes just watch try Oops. not to think about it don't bother if it is coming okay. so there is a thin edge of difference when it appears and you start thinking about it so once yeah. you apply a little bit will power just yeah. watch that and don't bother what it is forget whether it is yellow or blue or red or cloud or what it is just watch yeah. then it will dissolve and disappear it will happen okay thank you baji i have um just um i just wanted to say i'm aware that the ultimate goal is to silence the mind through meditation and i love whatever little bit practice i do of meditation i simply enjoy but however i feel very very attracted to chanting of stotrams like lalita sahasranamam devi mahatmyam somehow that uh, i am so drawn there i don't know why that is but i just am so blissful when i'm in that chanting and i wanted to ask the question of the cleansing process in meditation as you mentioned that our acquired habits of the mind get cleansed over time is there any cleansing that occurs when we are doing an absorbed in the chanting process so one thing it's no problem if you want to chant if you are attracted perhaps in india being born as a hindu culture we are all we were all brought up through the chants only 
that's how our minds became non-violent more purified uh, so you can chant fast and then do the meditation silently the example i can give so you have a carpet that is very dirty the chant can cleanse the carpet but it cannot make the carpet disappear the meditation will make the carpet dissolve and disappear and there you are that is so beautiful baba ji i just uh, seek your blessings that that might happen thank you so much baba ji i'm i'm jump starting my sadhana again i have a few thoughts um one is that what we do through the day seems to determine our sadhana the quality and the sadhana the meditation we do early in the morning seem to determine also how we conduct ourselves through the day this is like kind of loop there yeah definitely it helps so morning the meditation how much you have understood the technique how much you are able to adopt the technique of just watching and then the silence that you are able to achieve makes you behave the whole day how maturely in a with a broad mindedness always for a larger cause all these things happen and that can continue one like one hour of meditation in the morning can continue for the whole day helping you to mentally keep quiet and just keep watching all the things that is happening you go on doing anything and you won't bother much you won't jump into the future or past but you will just watch you remain focused when you are trying to do it and as the results as the day passes by everything your mind simply accepts so that is how things happen if you start the day with the best of the things baba i had a question too uh, several actually came to mind as we are talking the, the meditation is purifying the mind is it what we are doing we purifying the mind right yes now it looks like we're going back to being a child uh, when uh, when the other person was giving that wonderful example of the walk and the trees as a child we just looked without naming we just saw the space and the object is that what we're doing going back to being a child yeah the difference is you must understand when a child is innocent it is innocent because it doesn't know anything of the outside world but the same innocence can turn into ignorance and it can get molded if a wrong teaching or a right teaching that's what the danger of childhood is there if they get the proper guidance from the elders from the parents they can learn the best and the right things otherwise they can be learning wrong things also but in spirituality when you undertake the journey and practice sadhana and when you achieve the innocence of the mind you are now clever nobody can fool you nobody can teach you wrong things you are matured so that's what the childhood you achieve again by practicing meditation and sadhana baba ji when we uh, when i dance i have this experience of tremendous joy of a oneness which almost has tears coming into my eyes 
Yeah, this uh, this thing that happened, I would like to call it as a blissfulness that is good, not bad. But eventually it is the meditation which helps the mind to settle down, become composed. That is the supreme peace. Because the blissfulness can make you jump back to the world, getting excited or something else can happen. You need to be very careful. It gives a temporary experience of blissfulness. That's when you experience the joy. So because you will start depending on the dance only for your enjoyment or happiness. A happiness must be there at all times without needing any anchor or any such exercise, any such object, subject, anything. It is there all the time. So that is the meditation. Now when we um, meditate, like where we were meditating now, um, the body was uh, sometimes, you know, jerking and then you'd come back. Um, and I can't sit on the ground anymore cross-legged. So is there any way to tell the body not to do not that? To do you, that? you can sit on a chair, try to keep the back and neck straight. If necessary, you keep a pillow or a cushion backside onto the wall or onto the sofa so that your body is straight. That is important. Then when you sit for meditation, your body should be light. You should have taken sufficient rest also. And also after taking the food, uh, you should give some time, a couple of hours for it to get digested so that you don't feel sleepy or tired. If you avoid all these things, then you will be able to keep the body steady and to the point, straight. Thank you, Papaji. Thank you. Thank you, Babaji. I am like for considerable periods of time, uh, able to go into silence and experience even that uh, consciousness of existence, you know, little glimpses of a total peace and solitude, a serenity. But then the body with its conditions uh, throws you off balance, you know, like the current example is the cop, but it can happen with a particular condition that we may have. So I want to ask you that as we grow older and we have more bodily conditions, how do we try to, and it's inevitable, yesterday you said it's the process of aging and probably I'm one of the oldest in your Zoom meeting today. But I try to be positive. I have faith in you and meditation. But how do I prevent that? And then the question is, do yogis ultimately uh, have perfect health or do they also suffer but have transcended? So how do you keep that balance? Uh, one thing you see, whether it's a yogi or a god or anybody who has come in the human body, may have to suffer. Body has its own limitations. One might try to keep the body as healthy as possible by proper diet and proper exercises, walking, etc. Keeping the mind also under control all the time. That might be helpful to keep the body a little more stronger for a little more longer time. But ultimately, the body will fall ill. 
it can become ill any time weather conditions all the time the right type of food may not be available anything can be the reason and sometimes devotees forcing a yogi to eat certain things which is not healthy also so this time doctor when i was in bangalore doctor was giving me a lecture you need to become more tough you are very smiling and soft you should not be with the devotees make a serious face and tell that you cannot eat any such thing and otherwise they will feed you all sorts of things so generally often this is what happens uh, in a country like india for mahatmas the devotees feeding all sorts of things can create illness it is uh, not immortal body is not eternal it will have to go one day what one has achieved through the tapas is the self realization the mind's silence like i have told if I, even if i am gossiping my inner consciousness is totally silent and at peace supreme peace it's only a witness to the outside world it doesn't visualizes or pictureizes anything that is the self realization that one would have achieved so this is about yogi now about the aging process i understand the pain will always be there so as much as possible you try to practice and along with that practice more patience also more and more patience try to be sweet to all the people around you and have exercise patience even if there is pain in the body so that should become your nature then that will be helpful in meditation you relax in any position you relax your body that is necessary to feel comfortable and then slowly relaxed way gently close your eyes try to feel yourself like that you practice whatever that is possible it is worth it till the last breath of life baba ji i want to just clarify luckily in my case absolutely no pain and i bless the divine for that no pain but yeah little episodes like that which unexpectedly occur but i see what you mean is to have that awareness and to develop that total sense of peace and silence and yes. be one with that consciousness which in a way i do feel with through my work and yeah the, the, it's fine you can feel through your work you can feel that god is everywhere in everything as everything he is in your work yeah. also in you also like that you yeah, feel relationships with people all the time yeah and no malice towards anyone not a single individual so give your blessings baba ji please uh yes um baba ji it's good to see you as always thank you so much um I have a really I have a picture of Swami ji that I'm very fond of. Uh he's uh he's a very young boy at the time probably after he just started going into the tapas. And when I look at that picture I almost always have the same thought which is um he sat in samadhi for 12 years watching just watching being a witness and so what what comes to mind is i wonder how many thoughts are in your mind that you would have to sit 
for hours after hours, days and months and years, why, uh, where, how much thought is there that you would have to sit there for 12 years and just watch all that? You see, he didn't have much of the thoughts. He used to say, he used to say, the Jangama sage touched in between eyebrows and asked me to gently close the eyes, keep watching in between eyebrows, don't need to repeat anything, don't imagine anything. And I just did that and Samadhi came. As simple as like that he used to say. I went on watching simply and it is. You see, now I have told, when you are able to simply watch silently without bothering about any thought or vision, when it becomes silent, for one hour when you are able to keep like that, that is meditation. For ten hours when you are able to keep like that, that is the tapas that starts. So he could keep because he had some inborn qualities, determination, hang on to it, do or die attitude. So he never bothered anything, anything that came. Few thoughts might have come, uh, manifestations might have happened a little bit, not much was there. So he was quite innocent at the age of 14. He was just in his village, wanted to do business and develop his family. He didn't have all the gadgets of televisions and uh, mobile phones or computers to get exposed to the outside world. He was very innocent. He just, this technique was given and he went on watching it. Yeah, I, I understand that. But why is he spending, during all those hours and all those years, what exactly is he watching? He didn't watch anything. He's just sitting there being, <laughs> and it takes that yeah. long for yeah. the soul. He to just kept quiet. Mentally, okay. he was quiet. He was just watching himself. And he lost in samadhi. He achieved samadhi, nirvikalp samadhi eventually. Some of the points and clues he told when you achieve nirvikalp samadhi, you are there and you are not there. That's what he was doing. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. I deeply appreciate all your participation and taking out your precious time. All our love and blessings. May you all be blessed by Swamiji, our Guru. Mm -hmm.